to another edition of Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker, and tonight we are talking to Mark Gordon from the legendary 80s and 90s R&B supergroup, LaVert. On the pop charts, Levert just felt like a one-hit wonder with that big monster hit, Casanova. The group could not sustain a crossover radio following, but it didn't matter. Levert was becoming R&B royalty on the R&B charts with one hit after another, touring the world with Beatlemania type of loyal fan base. And each BET concert experience showed that these young guys were a real showman. Like a family. Well, right now, these guys are a family. They're incredible. Here to show you some of the Dale's favorite tunes. Levert! In the R&B world, Levert was racking up one number one after another, and they had radio hits from songs that weren't even released as singles. Their brand and image fit perfectly in the New Jack Swing era, and the group comprised of two-thirds of Levert, Gerald and Sean, who are the sons of OJ's Eddie Levert and Mark Gordon. Groomed for success and signed with Atlantic Records, R&B hits exploded one after another, starting with Pop 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 Goes My Mind. Atlanta Records wanted some of that Levert magic and they started writing for other artists like Anita Baker, Whatever It Takes. Barry White, Practice What You Preach. And they put their Levert stamp on the song Written All Over Your Face. Share the mic with Troop, singing on the OJ's tune for the love of money and living for the weekend on the now legendary 1991 New Jack City soundtrack. In some ways, the group Levert was one of the major faces of R&B at the time. They got so big that they had to explode into pieces. Next to Luther Vandross, Gerald Levert was the face of the teddy bear love, whispering and winning all the women's hearts, and just cool enough to hang out with all the guys. 
It was his big voice, his on-point look, and his all-eyes-on-me charisma, and you could not forget his talent for writing some classic songs. All of this made Gerald LaVert a star in his own right. Mark Gordon would go into the studio and produce and write big hits. Sean LaVert, who had this boy-next-door innocence about him, released a hit album, but basically stayed close to his brother and would appear on stage to sing the old LaVert songs at the end of each show. In the early 2000s, the music industry was changing. And one of the first departments to get downsized was the R&B division of major labels. Belts tightened as the label had forgotten that R&B had an audience. And they would focus more on one-hit wonders and rap artists because they were cheaper to produce and market. Gerald LaVert was a great collaborator, having hits with his dad and this supergroup, LSG. He was the L in the group, and the S was Keith Sweat, and G was Johnny Gill. He had that masculine teddy bear voice for all the female stars at the time. Kelly Price, Yolanda Adams, Missy Elliott, Vanessa Williams, and Tina Marie. In late 2005, Gerald decided to release a collection of some of his favorite duets on an album called Voices. And to kick off the album was a new song by Lavert. As the song says, the boys are back, Lavert is back. Lavert is back. Them boys is back. My boys is back. Talks turned to action and the boys were back. Levert, now grown men and a lot of love and history behind them are recording together. Levert had the finishing touches on a solo album that which would later become In My Songs, a duet album with his dad, a book deal, a live play called Confessions, aka Casino with Kelly Price and was working to get fit with his fans on a reality show. At 40, Gerald LeVert had 20 years in the business as an A-list entertainer and the man was busy and he was branching out his brand and finishing up a tour in South Africa with his father and then everything abruptly stopped. On November 10th, 2006, Gerald LeVert died of a heart attack. The autopsy reported a cocktail of prescription narcotics and over-the-counter drugs. The lethal combination was connected to a shoulder problem, an Achilles tendon issue, anxiety, and trying to get over pneumonia that he caught on a recent South America tour. Luther Vandross passed the year before, and now Gerald LeVert passed. The two superstars of R&B that shaped a generation of music were gone. Sean and Mark decided to go forward and create the new Levert 2, which would include Sean, Mark, 
and a new member who was known as Black Rose. The guys were in the studio working on Levert 2.0 when tragedy struck again. This time, Sean Levert dies in a Cleveland prison. Tragic and preventable. It is 10 years later and the R&B music industry has completely turned its back on the established veteran artists. Playlists are tighter, along with consolidation and automation. But Levert 2 is back. The boys are back. And in this episode, we are celebrating Gerald Levert's birthday, July 13th, 1966. Math people, uh, he would be 52 this year. We'll be talking about two important projects that Mark Gordon had spearheaded. Soul, Saving Our Entertainers' Lives, and Sean's Law. And after 34 years in the business, Levert is on the road. Levert 2 is coming to Baltimore Soundstage July 14th with the Just Coolin' Summer Jam with the Rude Boys. Joe Little from the Rude Boys' birthday is on the same day, so this is going to be a big celebration to remember. Mark Gordon, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to getting down there again. Been a while. Yeah, I met Gerald Levert at Tower Theater during one of his shows. And, uh, you know, he was doing a, a meet and greet and, uh, and signing stuff. And then all of a sudden he just stopped and then went to a corner. And, and one of his handlers had to, you know, talk him out of whatever he was going through. Obviously he felt it was a really cramped space. He was probably overwhelmed by his audience. But when uh, yeah. anti-anxiety medicine was in his bloodstream, I totally understood it because I saw it for myself. I mean, um, you know, you're dealing with a public who, I mean, obviously really adored him and, you know, throw themselves at him. And it's a lot to, t- <laughs> to you know, for one person. Believe it. I, I, I know. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, and I mean, who knows? You're not the first person or the only person that might have seen something like that. So, you know, it, it's, it, it especially if you're in the industry as far as the, the medical field and you can kind of see signs of different things, you know, uh, people can recognize. And, uh, and it's, and that's unfortunate that that's something that has to, that, that, that happens. But, um, you know, we, we have to just get more, put more out there because, more information so that people can can understand that it's not just um, you know it's not just singing and dancing and entertainment. It's entertainment for the public, but at the same time, we have real lives. You know what I mean? We have real things going on with real stress and real problems, and who knows what they are? Because all you get to see is the good part. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when the bad part is uh, is going on, sometimes you don't see it. And sometimes you do hear about it because, you know, it, it ends up being on the news or because of this happened and that happened. You know, uh, things are happening, you know, at, at a different pace. And there's more involved with how it happens because of the technology with, you know, Streaming and, and and this and that. So, you know, right now it's like, you know, your private your private life is not always just private, and you know, you you want to please the fans, but at the same time, you got to, you know, you got to deal with a label, you got to deal with 
um, whether or not the label is is giving you everything that they used to give you. They 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 taking stuff away. You're not getting as many videos, or you're not many as you know many singles or. Whatever the case is, it's like you have to deal with that. You know, I, I will get to the music. I'm enjoying our conversation. But I have one question about uh, the Sean's Law. Did that ever pass? No, it never passed. And, um, you know, put it out there, put it out there. But I think what ended up happening, it eventually took effect as far as they changed some things without the law passing. And... Um, so basically, one thing that changed that was law at the time was um, inmate or whoever, you know, you first entered into jail, um, you don't get a doctor visit or you don't get to see the doctor for two weeks. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, how can the person that you grab off the street, whether we don't know whatever it is you grabbed him for, now he's in jail. How do we know if this dude is healthy? You know what I mean? How do you know that he don't have something that's, you know, that can be a, a, a virus or, you know, something that the rest of the inmates can catch? So basically, they changed that. I've met uh, Sean a couple times, and I found him to be happy and and uh, really warm and welcoming. And I have to be honest that when I saw that video, it was the most disturbing thing I ever saw. I wish I never saw it. Because I don't want to connect his pain with what my memory is. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just feel, yeah. I just feel um, that he really suffered, and it, it, it's unfortunate that I had to witness it. Yeah, it was real unfortunate. I had to witness it uh, when they showed it on live TV. So it, it, it wasn't like we knew it was going to happen. They just did it. Part of the reason that they did it, I believe is because the only reason they did it is because they wanted to show that they didn't hurt him. That's what I think that they thought was going to be the situation that, that people would think, well, what did they do to him? Well, why was, you know, what, what was the problem? You know, these are questions that are going to come up because, you know, if you see that person and you like, like you just described him, you know, that's how his demeanor was the majority of the time. But, you know, uh, again, when you're on a prescribed substance, you know, especially he was denied his prescription. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's that's not even, you don't have to be medical or have a medical degree to know that if you're taking a psychotropic drug, then stop cold turkey. You are going to have some withdrawals. One thing, I don't want to get conspiracy theory about it, but they do cart him off into an area that we can't see what he, what's going on. And that's the part I find disturbing, too. If you're going to show me the, the video, what happened when the video was shut off? Like, I don't see that part. And that anything, yeah. anything could have happened then. And then that's where I was like, uh, this guy definitely was in pain. I don't, I don't know how they really handle uh, people, I, I don't I don't think that it, it it was done well when it was all said and done. No, no, it was it wasn't, you know, and uh, it didn't feel humane to me. It's you know, it's a it's it's a sad situation. All right, and um, there's there's no other way to describe that, um, you know, especially as as 
close as we were, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, up until, up until then, I hadn't experienced that kind of loss. And, um, you know, starting with Joe, uh, just hadn't experienced that kind of loss. And, uh, so it was, you know, definitely, it was devastating. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we want the right thing to happen as far as, you know, with Sean, that was the whole purpose of Sean's law. That was the whole purpose was to, you know, put some information out there, you know, let it be known that, you know, this is what happened. It wasn't the case of, you know, you can look into um, a person's past and say, you know, uh, this is what's happening or, um, and, and, you know, you take instances and, and, and try to relate it to, well, that's why this happened and that happened. But at the end of the day, you had a prescription, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, it wasn't like he was a, a diabetic or he was, you know, trying to, you know, do this or do that. It was just, it was a prescription. He got it from a doctor, you know, with, whether or not he needed it is a whole nother topic. Eddie Levert went on the Tom Joyner show the day that Gerald Levert's In My Song album was released. And he said to Tom Joyner that there's a treasure trove of unreleased Gerald songs. That, that, uh, and there, there would be a lot that would come out. And so far, only we've had just that Can I Stay, which was a song off the Greatest Hits album. Is there a wealth of material? And is there any way that you, know, you could... Um, work with whatever that material is? I personally have some material that we worked on uh, as part of a reunion um, that I talked about in the, I talked about as far as in 2004. So I plan on releasing that uh, along with the book that I'm working on. At the time you went to Levert 2, do you feel that it's confusing to the audience that there's a Levert to, or you feel pretty comfortable with it? At the time, this was something that, you know, me and Sean had decided to do. Um, and I don't think a lot of people knew the whole story because it wasn't able to develop. It needed to. Um, but me and Sean decided to do that. We, we felt like, you know, this was going to be the, you know, because it wasn't complete with Gerald and that's why, you know, we end up flipping it. And originally, you know, I wanted to change the name altogether, but, you know, Sean wanted to keep it, which made sense, made perfect sense. And uh, I said, okay, you know, we'll alter it a little bit. And that's, you know, pretty much where the two came from. It it, might've confused some people or it might've, you know, but I think more of the confusion came in, you know, even after everything happened as far as, you know, people never got a chance to see uh, Sean in the mix of that project because he, he passed before that project came out. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that was kind of, you know, um, not being explained and uh, that was out there. Was, yeah. there. was there talk about bringing Levert back or uh, I heard that there was talk that he may go in the direction of 
putting out like a gospel record. I think one of his last songs was a gospel song. Well, at the time when that came out, that that was the idea. Um, that was the reunion. That was part of that. And that was one of the songs that we worked on for the reunion. Uh, we, in, we ended up, we ended up, we, we started with about seven, eight songs. And, um, and picked that song to, you know, he, he wanted to, he was doing this duet record. But it was all songs from before, you know, they were, they, he'd done with other people. And that was like, really the only, I think the only new song that was on there and it was, it was supposed to be like our reunion. Yeah, that was, that was the plan originally. And then, um, you know, it kind of went flat. And, uh, so after that, I just kind of, you know, um, kept on moving at the time I was living in LA, they kept on moving and, and, um, you know, and then when this came up, it was like I I couldn't believe what was going on. Um, it just just I think it took everybody um, by surprise. Um, I just you know it was just unbelievable. Sure. But but yeah, that that was part of the plan. But the idea eventually fell flat because you need everybody in order to do a reunion. If you don't have everybody, then it's not really a reunion, you know. So, um, you know, just trying to get get him on the same page um, uh, was, you know, what was going on. We already had did some music. It was just a matter of finishing and, you know, taking a step um, forward with it. And uh, we end up not finishing it. So that's... But that's going to be, you know, a couple of the songs that I am going to put on that, um, uh, put put out with that book. Uh, you you guys are um, you're touring for the summer for like kind of a, a tribute for Gerald, but uh, are, are you um, committed to a heavy tour schedule? I, I know that um, some bands like Midnight Star and Climax and even whatever concoction of uh, New Edition are out there all the time. Are you looking at like the casino route as maybe like hitting those venues or maybe going into, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm not sure why you don't even like work with OJs a lot. I think that it would be a great combination between the two. You know, a lot of people say that too. and think that it should be. I mean, right now it's just a matter of putting that brand back out there mm-hmm. where that, you know, that where it's known that it's out there. And I think, you know, all of those ideas would be great ideas. I mean, I just know I'm coming from a casino background. I think a, a pairing with you and another artist would be a fantastic Friday night for, for anyone, Friday, Saturday night. And there's so many of them. You yeah. Should, you should be booked in every single one of them. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I think that's, that's, you know, that's coming in the near future. Good. I'm, I, my, my take was, before I, when I was writing this down, I said, well, maybe he's really busy you know with your with your other projects and that um you just don't have the commitment for the touring but it sounds like you're ready you're ready to hit the road you're ready to to get out there and get liver name back and for a for a fan um you just have one hit after another you you have hits that weren't even singles i'm excited about what's going on you're gonna hit baltimore and uh it'll be the just coolin tour you're gonna have uh rude boys in 
Um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it was kind of like Baltimore picked us, so we we made a made a situation happen, and, uh, and we are on our way. So, um, you know, it's I mean, that's just kind of the process. You know, somebody calls and and it makes a you know makes a good situation and it makes sense, then we be on our way. Do it easy, push up on a QE, and let it squeeze me. Relax a little, let your body work. Heavy days in effect, and I'm cool. G.I. with the margarita, killing guy. Me and my sweetheart, talking about good times to get the bad. This is one of the best times I've ever had. Mark Gordon, thank you for talking to me on Something Came From Baltimore. Celebrate the world of Levert and the Rude Boy crew, July 14th at the Baltimore Soundstage. I do ask a favor if you got to this point, please subscribe, like, comment, and forward these episodes. Something Came From Baltimore is celebrating its second season, and we're just getting bigger and bigger, and we want you to be a part of it. Something came from Baltimore, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Something came from Baltimore, tomorrow, tomorrow.